This message comes from NPR sponsor Comcast. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to reach millions with digital skills training, resources, and opportunities needed to succeed in a digital world. Learn more at Comcast.com slash Project Up. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Janine Herbst. Members of the Houthi movement are promising a strong and effective response to the latest U.S. airstrike in Yemen. NPR's Peter Kenyon reports the escalating violence is stoking fears of a wider regional conflict. A Houthi spokesman said the latest strikes, whose targets included a radar facility and a military base in Yemen, had no significant impact on the group's ability to attack ships that he called Israel-related from passing through the Red Sea. President Joe Biden warned Friday that he could order more strikes if the attacks on vessels don't stop. The Houthis say the motivation for the drone and missile attacks that have driven some shippers to reroute around southern Africa is to show support for Hamas and Hezbollah, two proxy militias funded and armed by Iran. Israel has been launching attacks in the Gaza Strip and across the northern border with Lebanon in the wake of the Hamas surprise attack that killed some 1,200 people on October 7th. Peter Kenyon, NPR News, Istanbul. Two days before the Iowa caucuses, the state's being hit by extreme weather. Steve Futterman reports from Des Moines on the weather's impact on the final days of campaigning. All of the Republican presidential candidates have had to adjust their schedules, but some have been able to hit the road, including Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, who exhorted his supporters to show up on Monday. If you're willing to go out there and you're willing to brave the elements on a cold, windy, snowy January night uh, for me, and I'll fight for you for the next eight years. Former President Trump has had to adjust as well. He was set to appear in person at a rally that has now been turned into a tele-rally. The wind chill temperatures in some locations could be as low as 40 degrees below zero on Monday night. So the results will depend on who is willing to come out. For NPR News, I'm Steve Futterman in Des Moines. And the forecast on Monday is scheduled or forecast to be two below zero. The head of the SEC re- uh, released an update on the regulator's investigation into how the agency's account on the social media site X was hacked. And Piers David Gura reports. The post appeared on Tuesday after the closing bell, and it said falsely that the Securities and Exchange Commission had approved Bitcoin exchange traded funds. And almost immediately, Bitcoin's price spiked by more than $1,000. The SEC ultimately did approve those new Bitcoin investments a day later. Gensler says there is currently no evidence that the unauthorized party gained access to SEC systems, data devices, or other social media accounts. And the SEC staff is still assessing the impacts of the incident on the agency and the marketplace. Regulators are working with other agencies on the investigation, including the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security. David Gura, NPR News, New York. And you're listening to NPR News from Washington. French President Emmanuel Macron has reshuffled his cabinet in an attempt to boost his flagging presidency and head off the growing popularity of the far right. But as NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports, some of Macron's choices are already raising eyebrows. At 34, Macron's new prime minister, Gabriel Attal, is the youngest head of government in French history. He's also the first to be openly gay. But many say the wunderkind does not have the experience or gravitas to lead France and the EU with wars raging in Ukraine and Israel. 
Macron's naming of former conservative President Nicolas Sarkozy's justice minister as his new minister of culture has left many stupefied. They fear flamboyant socialite Rashida Dati knows nothing about culture. As for the new education minister tasked with making French public schools top tier, turns out all three of her children are enrolled in private Catholic schools. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR News, Paris. Several earthquakes hit Oklahoma last night into this morning, including two of a magnitude 4.4. The USGS says last night a magnitude 3.2 quake was recorded just northeast of Oklahoma City. Minutes later, a magnitude 4.4 quake hit. This morning, there were several quakes, including another magnitude 4.4 quake near the city. No damage or injuries have been reported. The Oklahoma Geological Survey shows strong shaking across the city this morning and warned the seismic hazard remains high. I'm Janine Herbst, NPR News in Washington.